Welcome to Dental Assistant Nation, powered by Ignite DA. This podcast is designed to empower, enlighten, and educate dental assistants, helping them have a more fulfilling career and enjoy their day more. Join us as we tackle some of the hottest topics in dental assisting. Now, here's your host, Ignite DA co-founder, Kevin Henry. So welcome to episode four of Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. I'm your host, Kevin Henry, and I've got to tell you, I'm very, very excited about what we're going to bring you on today's podcast. It's a little bit longer than our usual podcast, so just be prepared for that. But what we've done is we've taken three interviews with three of the leading consultants out there, and we've asked them, what do dental assistants need to know in 2018? We're going to cover a wide range of topics with these uh, interviews, including insurance, including patient communication, including charting, including documentation. We're going to go all over the board, but these are the things that these three amazing consultants said that you needed to know heading into this year. So I want to first thank Teresa Duncan. Dana Johnson and Lois Banta for joining me for this set of interviews. I hope that you enjoy them. I hope that you learn for them. I'm sorry, from them. And thank you for listening to Dillon Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. So our first guest this evening is, is like whenever I think of front office, whenever I think of insurance, whenever I think of so many things that make the office work in the business of the dental practice work, it's really my friend Teresa Duncan. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Kevin? I am good. Teresa's at the airport. We just spoke here in Denver this week at the Rocky Mountain Dental Convention, and she's flying back home today. So if you hear a little bit of background noise, well, Teresa's here at uh, beautiful Denver International Airport. So thanks again for joining us. You know, my one complaint, Kevin, is that it's Sunday and Chick-fil-A is closed. That's kind of a bummer. That is a problem, actually. Yeah, we'll have to take that up with some people, I tell you. <laughs> well, well, you know, uh, and this is those moments with the masters, so I want to really kind of focus on your specialty, and, and that's the front office. And that's how do the clinical team and the front office work better together and I'm hoping that all these practices where our assistants are listening have their morning huddles. So what should the clinical team expect from the front office during a morning huddle? Well, since it's the beginning of the year, uh, most of your patients have had new insurance uh, that's taken over. And so if you're wondering why your front office team is a little bit more worked up than usual, it's because pretty much 80% of your patients are coming in with brand new insurance cards and brand new benefits. And so that causes a, a nice little level of hustle from your front office team. So uh, what they're probably going to let you know is if the person has new uh, benefits, and that's, that to you, if you're presenting treatment, that's going to mean reprinting the treatment plan because there may be new fees involved. If it's a brand new plan, so there might be a new contract that takes precedence. And I would always double check. If a front office team tells you there's new benefits available, always ask them, do we need to print up a new treatment plan? Do you need to recalculate? The chances are that it's going to be a solid yes. And I'm thinking this is a pretty stressful time for those assistants out there who are cross-trained. I mean, they're, they're obviously keeping up with what's going on in the back, but they've got a lot of things to learn in the front now with these changes as well, correct? Yeah, you know, I'm running into more and more assistants in my classes who are 
pretty much being made to do administrative work just because the job now requires having a pretty good understanding of benefits. And it, it does get difficult, but, you know, once, if you're in that situation and now all of a sudden you have to deal with, oh, my gosh, now I need to know deductibles. Now I need to know whether or not this is a basic or a major percentage. You know, just take a deep breath and take it slow. No one becomes a, an insurance expert overnight, and it's just going to be a little bit of, of back and forth with you and the admin team. Make sure you clarify with them if you're not sure about how a plan works. Uh, they're the ones who have the best um, ability to call and find out, and also the most time. You know, the assistants, uh, God love them, they're hustling. They are on their feet. They're back and forth, and you don't have time to sit on the phone with an insurance company, so let the admin team do that for you. So, you know, I, I have heard from, from some assistants, and I'm sure you have as well, that they kind of get forced into this role. They're the ones who are, uh, we need some help up front. And sometimes they, sadly, may be the one on the phone, like you just said. Um, mm -hmm. it, is it just a matter of calling insurance companies and talking to them? What's the best advice other than bugging Teresa Duncan at all hours of the night uh, to kind of to make these changes that are happening maybe a little more seamless? Well, if you are the assistant that doesn't have an administrative person to, to do this for you, you're pretty much the one, one man or one woman show. Uh, most of the insurance companies have an online portal that you'll need a username and password for, and you can go online and get the, the benefits from there. Calling is the last resort because it does take so much time. And almost every one of the practice management softwares has some sort of plugin that allows you to get benefits and eligibility electronically, it is going to be a little bit of extra cost, but it's so much more cost effective than sitting on the phone and calling time after time. Um, if you are the only person in the office that's handling that, you're doing back and forth, um, you may want to get a head start on verifying the benefits and eligibility uh, a day before or two days before. My, my rule of thumb is two days before. That way you're not you know, trying to do it right at the day and then and then, unfortunately, you might find out that they have benefits that don't pay anything if they come to your office, and that's always an awkward conversation to have. Absolutely right. So last question I'm going to bug you with before you get on your plane here. Uh, you know, the, sure. the assistants do a lot of case presentation, a lot of questions in the back. What, what's one tip that you would give a dental assistant if it comes to his or her case presentation skills and kind of what they need to have in the back of their head before a patient even asks a question? Well, I, I think it's all about mindset when you go into the conversation. And I, I know that we're very focused on making sure that, you know, insurance covers as much as it can and we try to get the most out of their insurance. But I would really love for you to go into that conversation with the idea that insurance is just going to give a little bit of money. It's not going to do a full coverage. And if the benefits aren't there, that doesn't mean that the work doesn't need to be done. So I, I do want you, I urge you to start thinking of insurance as kind of like gravy, not the meat, and have the conversation with them whether or not they have insurance. Have the same conversation because I want you to treat all patients the same. You know, the, the second little mini tip I'll give you is if you do identify that a patient is financially driven and, and all they're worried about is, is paying you know, what the, or actually just doing what the insurance company wants you to do and that's it, then you are going to have to do some baby step conversations with them and, and get them to do one or two treatments at a time until they really build that level of trust in you. But that will happen. Um, so I guess the, the big picture story out of that is 
don't let the benefits rule your decisions. And if a patient is the kind of patient that will only do what the benefits call for, that's not something on you. Don't take it personally. That doesn't mean you're a bad treatment plan coordinator (laughs) or a bad assistant. It just means that that person has a priority that you're going to have to make note of and continue to talk about with them. Great stuff, as always. And and if assistants have questions, want to find you out there on the World Wide Web, what's the easiest way to do it? Sure. Uh, Odyssey MGMT is my website. Uh, feel free to sign up for my newsletter. If you're dipping your toe in administrative work, you probably want to sign up for my newsletter so that you can keep on top of what's going on with insurance. And I do a lot of that in my newsletter. So, uh, And then also, you, know, you may want to check out this little podcast that sometimes Kevin comes on. Yep. It's called Nobody Told Me That. So keep up with that, and uh, yeah, Odyssey MGMT, let me know how I can help you. Teresa, safe flight. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Okay, so next up, uh, let's talk to another master uh, as we go through this series, and I'm partial, but uh, my wife, my best friend, one of the best practice management consultants out there, Dana Johnson. Hi. Thank you. (laughs) So... A question for you. So, it's a new year. What do practices need to be doing in 2018 to really ensure some success, and how do dental assistants play a role in that? Great question. Um, You know, goal setting is always a big part of the first of the year, and I'm kind of partial to, you know, making sure that your team have a really good learning plan for the year, Um, making sure that your team, um, including your dental assistants, are part of a uh, CE program, you know, for the team. The doctors always have a budget for their CE for the year. I think it's extremely important that the team, the front office, the hygienist, the assistants, are part of a CE program because uh, as a software trainer, I think that it's extremely important that they stay up to date with any um, updates on the software, any new releases coming out, and making sure that they're optimizing their software. Sounds great. (laughs) How does the assistant actually push to make that happen, though? Uh, So one thing that we have to remember is that the assistants play a key role in the charting, the dental charting, for their doctors. Uh, A lot of times the doctors will come into the appointment and um, treat the patient clinically, and, you know, doctors come in to carve hard and soft tissue and then leave the room. And the assistant is part of maybe the treatment planning, the charting of the clinical note for the day, making sure that all the medications are up to date, the health history is up to date. And most of the time, that's all being done in the computer these days. And, and so the assistant needs to make sure that they have super efficient uh, protocols in place so that they don't run behind with patients, making sure that the documentation is up to par as far as the legal documentation for the record. Um, you know, the assistant needs to make sure that she's covering her doctor's uh, butt as far as yep. uh, clinical documentation. And I think it's a really important that the doctor and the assistant um, come together with um, some clear guidelines as to how they chart that dental record. And so most of the time I'm seeing the assistants are charting, treatment planning, and making sure that the health history is up to date. And if all of that's being done in the computer and they play a key role in that, I think it's extremely important that they stay up to date on any efficiencies, new updates, or anything with the software. 
You know, and one thing that I, I believe real strongly in now that we're in a new year, it's a great time to establish some new things, and that includes maybe having some of those hard conversations in the practice that assistants maybe need to have. If something they see happening in the practice isn't right, if they're having some issues with a fellow team member, whatever it might be, this is a good time to have those conversations. And I know you're a big proponent of, you know, kind of put on your big girl panties and, <laughs> and just do it, right? Yeah, um, you know, one thing that um, I see sometimes happen is that um, there are key parts of the clinical record that are either not being charted correctly or maybe, um, you know, are being skipped over. And I think it's important that if an assistant is seeing that maybe um, the diagnosis isn't being charted or the treatment plan isn't being um, charted properly or maybe there's the um, you know the patient's health history is being skipped over. Uh, I think it's important that they raise their hand and saying, "Hey, you know, I heard from you know my Ignite DA community that um, you know this is a really big issue in this office I was talking to, and and so if they're seeing something or hearing something that that they're not doing in the office, I think it's great. I think it's important that they raise their hand and say, "Hey, I think we maybe we need to add this to our clinical note template." Or maybe we need to start uh, charting our health histories maybe in a little bit different way because it doesn't seem like our charting is, is a legal record and maybe we need to, you know, maybe revisit how we're charting this because I heard this from another assistant I was talking to yeah. on in the community. And, and again, it's not about telling the doctor he or she's wrong. It's about no. bringing it up in right. a business sense that you're really trying to cover some butts here. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes the doctor just... Um, learns from, you know, another team member or maybe the doctor really doesn't know also how to use the software properly. So I think it's really important that every team member keep each other in check. And when you do training as an entire team, then everybody has an opportunity to raise their hand and say, hey, you know, is this really the best way for our practice? And I think having a, a learning plan for the team is, is will keep everybody and every system in check throughout the year. And I know, obviously, you're very partial to Dentrix. <laughs> you know, obviously. So uh, if Somebody's listening, they're in a dental practice, they're curious about Dentrix training, they have Dentrix questions. How can they get a hold of you? What's the best way to reach you? So the best way to reach me is um, Dana at Navoni.com. So uh, D-A-Y-N-A at Navoni, N-O-V-O-N-E-E.com. Check out my community website, Navoni, or um, send me an email and I'll point you in the right direction. Sounds great. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So my next guest, so happy to have her on, uh, one of my dear friends and one of the best uh, and most noted consultants out there in the industry, and that is Lois Banta. Good morning. How are you? I'm great, Kevin. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to be with us. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure and an absolute honor. Well, you know, this is kind of... New Year, hopefully a chance for dental assistants and dental practices to do things differently than they have in, in years or months past. And I know in your opinion, the chair-side communication that, pa that the patient has with the assistant and vice versa is so critical to a practice's success, right? True. It's a, it's a crucial element in um, establishing a long-term relationship with the patient and increasing treatment acceptance. 
you know, I, I always halfway joke, but you know, I talk about whenever the, the dentist walks out of the room after prescribing a crown, and the patient will turn to the assistant and say, "What do you think?" Uh, you know, yeah. and, and you know, I'm I'm sure you've probably seen that actually happen or heard about that in a lot of the practices that you consult in. So many times, Kevin, um, the patient's level of trust. Of course, they trust the dentist who's performing that dentistry. But the minute that dentist walks out of the room, it's questions like, "Should I do that? What would you do?" And so that then translates to the assistant plays such an important role in treatment acceptance. So what communication skills or what, what courses, what actions should assistants take in 2018 to get a little bit better at that? Well, one of the things I recommend is making sure that there's an intraoral camera in every single operatory. Okay. Uh, there's the old saying that picture's worth a thousand words, and the minute that assistant takes a, um, an intraoral image of maybe the cracked tooth or the decay that you can't see on an x-ray, maybe it's on the lingual side, uh, and they put that up on the computer screen in front of the patient, the patient gets very curious and almost self-diagnoses, like, my goodness, what's that? That's in my mouth. And the assistant can really fine-tune that dialogue and tee the ball up for the dentist to make that final diagnosis and treatment plan happen. And, and is that something that the dental assistant, let's say there's not an oral, an oral camera available or there's not one in the practice, is that something that you feel the dental assistant can kind of nudge the dentist about a little bit? I'm going to go on record as saying it's one of the most important purchases a dental practice can make. And it is absolutely, having an intraoral camera in the practice for the dental assistant makes the assistant so much more effective in a treatment room. You know, one thing that I, I always hear from dental assistants is that sometimes they have to have some, some tough conversations with the dentist. If maybe they see something going on in the practice that shouldn't be, or they see something that could be improved in the practice. What, what's a, a great way, a great tip to maybe start that conversation if it might be a little bit of an uneasy one? Well, first of all, I'm privately away from the patient. Yeah. and. Um, if you, if they can jot down uh, some notes regarding what they see in the mouth and kind of tee the ball up to um, to the dentist for what they see and what and inquire as to what their thoughts are about that diagnosis, it helps uh, that co-discussion happen more effectively with the patient. Um, if there's, if you got a dentist that's really resisting the dentist or the dental assistant talking dentistry, then it's time for them to have a heart-to-heart -heart discussion privately. Um, out of the operatory to uh, define expectations and clarify communication uh, and how the, the dentist wants that assistant to communicate. I have found in my many years of consulting the most, um, the best treatment acceptance that happens in the operatory is when both parties are involved, the dental assistant and the dentist, and it makes that credibility factor of the dental assistant go up about 150%. Nice. I, I can't imagine any scenario where that wouldn't be a good thing unless the dental assistant is trying to diagnose that dentistry him or herself. That's, of course, not and the only person who can diagnose dentistry is the dentist. Sure. However, that assistant plays a key role in teeing that ball up. And that's a great way for assistants to show, A, their leadership, and B, that they, they care about what they do. This isn't just about a paycheck or punching the clock. They love what they do, right? Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's a way for the dental assistant to really own that job and to really um, take it to the next level rather than being, a, you know, a, a, 
sucking spit per se, which <laughs> yep. is never fun right. for a dental assistant. It really helps them get involved on a whole nother level. And I love seeing that as a consultant. I love seeing the assistant directly involved in these discussion points. For me, it helps the patient um, who ultimately needs to hear things three times really buy into that solution of restoring their, their dental health to full um, healthy state. And last question for you. If you had a New Year's resolution for not just assistance but practices in general, what, what would that resolution be? A New Year's resolution would be for everyone to be highly cross-trained, amazing communicators, and for never to stop asking yes-no questions. I love it. Lois, thank you so much for taking some time today. I really appreciate it. Kevin, it was my pleasure.